2: Kroif doesn't get up there Saatchi doesn't get up there Saatchi like Saatchi Saatchi is not in the same realm as Mourinho no what maybe you can talk about Beckenbauer a World Cup winner and a European Cup winner maybe you can talk about him but Saatchi
0: (laughs) he's
1: back all caps alright right. hey what's going on everybody this is the talking tactics podcast i am daniel to i'm double h and i'm back (laughs) hey the prodigal son has returned how is everyone i'm good man Um, i am feeling okay um you guys have a good week i did paul uh thank you so much for your work last week you uh you kept i really like paul you know i mean his opinions are a bit out there i like him man.
0: happy birthday as well because it was his birthday the other day as well so
1: Yeah, happy birthday, Paul. Happy birthday to you, Carl. We haven't spoken in the last time, but you and I are now the same age at 26. But yeah, uh, so, Double H, I'm going to give you the floor while I sip my water. I guess Mourinho still has it, huh? No team
2: did what United did to to, to Chelsea on Sunday this season. And Mourinho showed why don't sleep on the goats. What he did to, to, to Chelsea was tactical. Brilliant. And also, Chelsea, that's the first time Chelsea have not put a shot on target for about 10 years or something, <sighs> something like that. And I think obviously we'll probably get to the whole Diego Diego Costa thing and context substitutions later on. But I think the main thing is that for Mourinho, this was again no Mikitarian, no Iribrahimovic, no Juan Mata. And he was able to really just get the best out of the team. But the key thing was just how his shot down Hazard, how he shot down um, Kante, and just how he made Chelsea look so ordinary, which was purely, purely tactics. Purely tactics. And again, who would have thought Ande Herrera was the best player on the pitch and deservedly the man of the match? So I think people need to really bow down, apologize, and just really admit that Mourinho, he is the greatest of all time. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, um, Ferguson. Yeah. How? Um, last I checked, did Ferguson win a championship with FC Porto? Last I checked, oh,
0: here we go. Here we go. That's a really uh, Two weeks off, being really, really happy, being really nice and happy,
2: and now he's started again, right? Okay, no, no, no. Let's just stick with the match, okay? We because this will take this will just go off in a criticism. I, I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm
0: gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm working to it, right? First thing you said is that no one's done to Chelsea what
2: Mourinho did to Chelsea. I would raise the counterpoint what uh what Hotspur did with nope. the 2-0 that was end-to-end that was an end-to-end game they didn't shut down Chelsea uh, Chelsea uh, had shots on targets against Tottenham in, in both games so
0: right so we know how to beat Chelsea Spurs gave us the blueprint so you double up on Costa with your two centre-backs which Are we actually did.
1: talking tactics here. Oh, I'm shit. talking tactics.
0: Manchester United won due to a number of reasons what they did was they went for a, a, a 4-4-2 so by having two up front in Rashford and Lingard pace and movement so what normally happens when, you, when Chelsea have the ball is that Luis steps into midfield, Pedro works into like a weird sort of counter-attacking target. Um, and Aspilicueta does stuff. Now, let's really look at what happened with Chelsea. They had no Courtois. He was out injured. Marcus Alonso was ill. Aspilicueta had to step up in, into the left side. Fantastic defender, but not the all-round player Marcus Alonso is. Mm-hmm. So and then Chelsea were weaker on the counter-attack. Well, United did. They double up, on, so Rojo and Bailly double up on Costa. So basically they just spend, you know, all right, I'm going to annoy Costa now, now you can annoy Costa now, now I'm going to annoy Costa now, now you can annoy Costa now. Rashford uh, drifted wide left and wide right and basically ran all over the place, which um, made Luis and Keiko uncomfortable. Herrera did what, you know, the internet will tell you, Herrera watched Hazard like a shadow, which was, you know, plus one of what they did in the FA Cup quarterfinal. Mm-hmm. Um, which was you know it was working to wherever they sent himself sent off uh, but yeah basically Mourinho matched everyone man for man Valencia had the job of basically keeping Pedro out of the game to nullify that counter-attacking target Mourinho spent a very long time drilling his players into what to do but to say the um, method was not given to him by previous managers is slightly unfair I think if you want to make a really good parallel that's twice now Chelsea have lost the teams that have played two up front. So that is Manchester United playing two up front in Rashford and Lingard, and Crystal Palace did two up front as well. Very it was good. a very
1: good tactical performance. No, 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 very it good It was a very, 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 very good tactical where performance. Where was the counterpunch, guys? Where was Conte's counterpunch? There wasn't one. If Herrera is going to man-mark Eden Hazard, play him centrally. Does Herrera really want to play up top, center forwards? And let, and let Diego Costa drift wide, right? And find space. No, would, 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 Hazard would pull pulled up, nobody would out of I space. I was shocked at just how easily he allowed Herrera to benmark him under the game. No, no, that's unfair. That's
0: unfair to Hazard. Hazard went all over the pitch looking for space. and is Herrera it is just, it's really?
2: Herrera watched him diligently. Like Hazard Look, come on. Mess, it, H-
1: Hazard. A, a guy but of R- that R- R- caliber
2: locks R- R- you down? Come on, man. Come on. No, let's really talk about this. So let's talk
0: tactics. The point I've just made about how Chelsea have had problems where teams put two strikers up front is because defenders aren't used to playing two two strikers up front anymore. It's no longer in session. Like Leicester did very well last season playing a 4 4 2 because most defenders were used to playing as a 4 2 3 1. Like tactics go in and out of vogue and certain tactics work in big games because you're not used to it. So last time Manchester United played Chelsea in the FA Cup quarter final, the plan was very clearly. That's systematically foul even Hazard, right? So I'm going to take a goal kicking him. You're going to take a goal kicking him. That's generally been the plan. Now Hazard is, you know, he's quite robust. He's quite strong. He's got very wide hips, as I've written about frequently. He's good on the ball. He can take a tackle. He doesn't mind being fouled. But man marking, old fashioned 1997 Serie A style. I'm going to watch you like a hawk. I have no interest in whatever's going on unless you are near the ball. One, incredibly hard to do. For 90 minutes, very, very tiring. And two, it's incredibly hard to deal with as an attacking player because it's not been done in like four or five years. Think of another big game since think of another big game recently where you, you know man marking's happened.
1: Barcelona, Bayern Munich. Well Pep tried it for like 30 minutes. Man marking is
0: it's a lot, it's a lot more difficult than just following someone. You're like, if you look at the way Herrera was following Hazard, he was always closing down options. He was always putting his body at a certain position. So if Hazard did receive the ball, Hazard was receiving him the ball in a method that was uh, not nice to him. Um, and in this case, you know, this became apparent in the goal because the, the goal came from Matic was trying to play the ball through to Hazard. Herrera stopped it through, uh, let's say, slightly unspeakable. It was a handball. You
1: don't have to let's, – let's, it, it, it. it was a handball. Yeah, it was, it was a handball. His arm wasn't ball. in a natural and position. Then, he, he, he And he stopped a forward pass. With his hand, which has yeah. happened twice to Chelsea in the past two or three games now. Go he ahead. Played
0: a wormhole of a through ball through to Rashford. Who...
1: Which wouldn't have happened if Chelsea's defense wouldn't have shut off because they thought that it was a handball, which was correct. Go ahead. Let me not. Rank. Well, yeah,
0: that's that's where the goal. Happened. The goal came from Herrera basically closing off passing options. That this is why man marking doesn't happen so much nowadays because it's so hard to do and it's so intensive, like mentally because you're not only just following someone around, you're constantly watching for passing options. And when you... when you, You've got to think about a player that's as fast as he has it. I mean, you think about how many times right, he's there, he's there, he's gone. He's there, he's there, he's there. You can't blink, you can't stop for a second. Herrera is a well-deserved man of the match because he, like... I don't think you could do that without a week's worth of prep. I'm,
1: I'm just annoyed very, that very Antonio like Conte didn't change anything.
0: He did, but also you've got to bear in mind that Mourinho is very good at the counterpunch. So... Uh, Conte Conte tried too late to bring on Fabregas and then nearly immediately after Conte brought on Fabregas uh, Mourinho brought on Carrick Yeah, Fabricov was the shield off all those half channels that Fabregas likes to
1: play in I, I forgot when I tweeted this it was like sometime maybe like 50-60 minutes in the game I was like I'm still curious as to why Conte saw the first half He was like you know what I'm gonna let this ride Costa was nowhere to be found the loss of Alonso handcuffed Chelsea's attack in a sense which which cut off the, the supply to Costa, Hazard, and Pedro. Then you add in uh, United's defensive strategy. It was a cluster f- essentially, and Conte didn't do anything to change it. Play two strikers yourself, you yes.
2: know.
1: What what does Basha White have to do? Does he need you know? <laughs> I was gonna say, does he need Conte's nudes and then blackmail him <laughs> to get on the pitch? Like wh- I don't what he's played hundred and thirteen minutes this season. One hundred and thirteen minutes. Uh, it's been thirty two games. I did the math. That's four percent of the season so far he's played. Costa hasn't scored. I think I think he scored three goals in twenty seventeen. Yeah, he's been
0: he's been Costa's been very poor since the China. If we can sum up this game very quickly and move on to a new subject, it's Chelsea won at full strength, United played a tactical masterclass, and Costa is probably leaving Chelsea. On that evidence, I see no reason why to why he should stay. I think what has really killed Chelsea. Can in the we call game? him
1: Doug? It's, it's our podcast. We can say what we want. Costa, he's been for the past <laughs> three. He was for the past three months. If he was scoring goals at a higher rate, Tottenham wouldn't be four points off. We we probably would have beat Crystal Palace. We probably would have maybe drawn with United, considering you know how tactically brilliant they were. The points we've dropped in 2017. It's largely due to the fact that Costa hasn't had the same offensive output that he had in the first three four (laughs) months of the season. That's the main culprit, and it's annoying that Conte hasn't decided. You know what? I'm gonna throw Bashaway on here. We paid thirty two million dollars or pounds for him in the summer. Let me give him a chance. Let me give him a chance. It's 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 almost like if I had a fantasy squad and I had Costa on and I took him off, that game would be the game he would score. So I, I kind of feel like Conte's like, I'm going to give him one more chance because this run can't continue. Surely he's not going to play sh- again. And then he plays sh- again and again and again. It's almost a law of averages at this point that I think Antonio Conte's playing with himself. Surely oh, yeah. if I play him again, he'll score. <laughs> he's not! Play Basuayi. Play them both together. Bring back Tammy Abrams. Well, I guess you can't do that now. But <laughs> I'm just... I'm so annoyed. I'm so annoyed.
0: Clearly. It's really... <laughs> Uh, something I found very interesting is, Daniel, as a Chelsea fan, you seem to... So as a Chelsea fan, do you think the tight race is back on, so to speak?
1: I never thought we were so far ahead that losing the, t- that losing the title was an inconceivable option. So I'm not doing nothing. Come I, on, guys. Let's be real. I, I, let's I, said be real. It, I said it would take something calamitous to happen. And my thinking about that was, if Chelsea do something crazy or if Chelsea make mistakes, then they'll lose. What's happening is Tottenham are making no mistakes. Tottenham have won six games in a row, seven games in a row. I, I was banking on the idea that, you know, Tottenham they'll they'll mess up somewhere. So then if, if we drop points, they'll drop points too. So, you know, dropping points is in a sense negligible. That's not the case. So maybe Chelsea don't have to be catastrophic. We can just be bad once every few games. But if Tottenham keep winning, they'll capitalize. Like ten points seems like a lot. But when you know, three points is for a win. It's not really that much.
0: A very interesting point uh, about this tight race compared to last season. Tottenham will play all their games before you in the running. So whereas Mm, last season, whereas I believe, I believe they they won't. won't. They
1: won't? won't. No.
0: I think the majority, I thought the majority of the games will happen before you, but you being Chelsea.
1: We play, I, I know we play at least one game before them um like by a day it might be like i I don't i I, I don't want to say the dates but i know we play a game before them by a considerable amount of time and then we play on the same day of the um the north london derby we play ever we we play everton at nine they play the north london derby at 11 this is eastern standard time um so we we play ahead of them a a couple times
2: So 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 tuesday chelsea play southampton on a tuesday shot play on a wednesday right then sunday Chelsea play Everton at 2 p.m. GMT, um,
1: and North London Derby is at 4 p.m. GMT. So, I mean, co- conceivably, if, if Tottenham lose and Chelsea win their next two games, Chelsea could have a 10-point advantage before the North London Derby. So I'm not completely, like, panic stations. I'm just concerned that Conte isn't going to make the correct changes that need to happen to facilitate wins. It's just a slight thing in the back of my mind. Like, he's going to keep playing Costa, isn't he? Like, he's going to keep playing Matic and Conte, isn't he? When Fabregas is clearly the player you need to pick locks to keep play smooth. It it worries me what he might do. But I'm still not completely stressed. that Oh, my God, we're going to bottle this. Why why have a seven-point lead if you're not going to use it, right? There you have it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, quick, while we're on on Chelsea, um, I was tweeting out that – John Terry is going to leave Chelsea. I think it's twenty-two seasons, um, and he played seven hundred and fourteen games or something like that for Chelsea. It's crazy. Um, he only went on loan once to so I think Nottingham Forest. Well, he's still um, an, an
2: adulterer and still a
1: racist. <laughs> I was going to kind of bring that up. In that, I said that he was the best defender that's ever been in the. At least, at least, I was going to say English football history but I remembered I don't know enough about English football history from like 1870 or whatever the year started up until now. So I just said the Premier League era because I feel more confident with my you know, knowledge of the Premier League era. And Paul got back to me and he was like, if you're talking from a Chelsea context, basically, fine. But if you're talking ever in all teams, he doesn't necessarily believe that. And I think the player that he was preaching to me about hard was Rio Ferdinand. Um, do you guys think that John Terry is a better footballer than Rio Ferdinand or vice versa? Or, oh, no. Or, 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 ve- or basically the better question is, who's the better defender that's been in the Premier League? No, it's, it's, it's Terry, no that's it. Terry, Adams, um, c- center back. Terry, Adams, Vidic, Ferdinand, Carvalho. Who you guys got? So, so, so who are the choices? So it's Adams, him, it's, Rio. It's, it's whoever it's you want. You, it's, it's whoever you want. It could be – I mean, the names that come to my mind are Nemanja Vidic, Rio Ferdinand, John Terry, Ricardo Cavallo, so Campbell, Tony Adams. I mean, to, to, to be honest, if I one of the best defensive partnerships I've
2: ever seen, and this is when them at their peak, John Terry and Rio at their peak. That's one of the best central defensive partnerships
1: for I've England? Seen in a long time. For England?
2: No, no. Put them in, in whatever team. Them at their peak. Rio at his oh, peak. Okay. Terry at his peak, both in central defense is literally a metal wall. that is a
1: metal wall i i said terry above ferdinand because i kind of put their defensive capabilities and their game reading on a basically even level so next i go to trophies and goals and john terry scored more goals and his trophy cabinet is bigger now you can argue that i think paul said that two league titles outweighs four fa cups and maybe he has a point right but I, I kind of feel like the the haul that John Terry has in Europe and domestically and, and the fact that he's been a key member of just about every trophy that's ever happened at Chelsea in the past 15 years, even going back to the 99-2000 FA Cup, he got that medal. Oh,
0: so, come on now. that's a, That's a little bit...
1: <laughs> he got a medal he must have played a part no
0: right? no 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 the, 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 see what you're saying no, there the point you're making there is john terry played a key role in more of chelsea's titles and that's not to that's not to put a shine on to terry that's the denning real fernand for playing for a, a club that's had more standardized success like, the problem with the John Terry debate is that he's always going to run into Rio Fernand because Rio Fernand was also a very good English centre-back. Now, the interesting thing with both of them was both of them don't get anywhere near the trophy hall or the acclaim they get if it wasn't for the centre-halves playing next to them because they were both prone to severe lapses of concentration when they were starting out. Now, I say this about all centre-backs. Centre-backs tend to get better as they hit their 30s because they realize they have to concentrate, which is mm. you know, and you know John Terry when he first started at, started out was I mean you know now we joke that John Terry was quite is quite immobile and relies more on his reading of the game, but back in the day he used to rely on his pace, and it took Carvalho holding his hand, teaching him how to be a. Uh, Desai, uh, yeah,
1: Desai,
0: it took Desai, Desai, Desai Carvalho. and Carvalho being more granite like safety first centre-backs to teach John Terry the art of defending. Similar with Rio Ferdinand, when Rio Ferdinand started out at West Ham, it took Stuart Pierce to teach him. When he was at Leeds, he was okay, but he was prone to last of concentration. And it took him coming to Manchester United, where it took you know, the old boys at United to teach him, this is how you defend properly. And, you know, you can't really talk about Rio Ferdinand's fall without mentioning the fact he had a certain Serbian next to him. If, I'm, if we're going to be really, really blunt, neither of these men are are the best centre-backs of the Premier League era, of the the post-92 era. Because I'd say at no point were these guys better than their respective partners. At no point was Terry better than Carvalho. At no point was Rio better than Nemanja.
1: Terry was next to Carvalho from 2005 to, we'll say, 2009, 2010-ish. So so what about post-2010, where he had to play with Ivanovic, Alex, I don't know if anyone he remembers Alex. He or...
0: was better than those. He was better, than, like post Carvalho. John Terry was the better defender, but also post Carvalho, Chelsea were very much not as good. I think that's fair to say. Like after Carvalho left, Chelsea went into a defensive decline.
1: Middlesbrough just scored, by the way. Uh, Negredo. I'm way behind. One <laughs> one. Uh. Uh, so Arsenal.
2: <laughs> do, you, do, do, do you know? I think I think like Arsenal fans may say that talking tactics is is
1: is, is costing them. You know. Every Even time we watch beat, them, they lose, bro. Yeah, that's a good goal too, by the way. Um, so yeah. Um, I would say like in a vacuum, if you was just judging defenders, irrespective of you know club whatever, Carvalho is a better defender than John Terry. I would never yeah. argue that Ricardo Carvalho is worse than John Terry. That just doesn't make any sense to me. But we're talking about the best center back in Premier League history. So Carvalho played in Portugal. He played in England. He played in France. Or played in France. He played in for Real Madrid. So I think you can't say because Carvalho played six, seven good seasons in in Chelsea that that white that, that that takes over, it takes precedence over twenty two, twenty three years of John Terry's career at Chelsea. It doesn't make any sense to me.
0: You know, I don't really go for the show me your medals and the length of time debate. But what, like the point I was trying to make about Carvalho is there was no point in John Terry's career that he was as good as Carvalho was in those six years that Carvalho was there. I don't think you can dispute that. I don't think there was a point. I don't think there was ever a point. And the same thing for Rio Ferdinand. Rio Ferdinand was good. Rio Ferdinand is a generational good English centre-back. And England will be long searching for a centre-back as good as Rio Ferdinand. As will England search for a centre back as good as John Terry, but there was never a point where either Rio Ferdinand or John Terry was the best centre back in the Premier League that for in that season. Okay, okay. Um, let's what? say I don't think there was. I think I think every season of each of their careers, there was never a season where he, the best centre back was either John Terry or either Rio Ferdinand. Because as I said previously, at all the points where these centre backs were very very good, they were against they were playing next to superior. Apartments. Uh,
1: so, like, who would you say was was maybe, a better striker? Then, would you say like someone like Alan Shearer is a worse Premier League striker of all time than someone like Luis Suarez?
0: No, Alan Shearer is a historically great striker, and it's only now we're seeing people approach these records. You are beginning to realize how, frankly, ridiculous Alan Shearer was. Like there will never be another Alan Shearer. Absolutely, never.
1: Okay, and, so like, so if you take Luis Suarez's best. Two seasons at Liverpool, they're not comparable to anything that like. Sheer, I, I'm, I'm just coming up with names off the top of my head, but I'm saying like, Luis Suarez was magnificent in his last season at, at Liverpool. I don't yeah. necessarily think that should overshadow someone who's played their whole career in the Premier League. And then, well, and then
0: also like, Luis Suarez had two good seasons. Alan Shearer has spent three for three seasons in a row. Alan Shearer scored three goals, thirty plus goals in the Premier League.
1: Maybe Carl- that's a bad example on my part, but I'm just saying, like, hopefully you can see the point where, like, just because Carvalho played six seasons, that, that shouldn't detract. No, 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 no.
0: What I'm saying, ugh, I hope this makes sense to our listeners. The point I'm trying to make is, even on John Terry's best day ever in the Premier League, right. he was never as good as Carvalho.
1: I, I, I agree, I agree. But if we're talking <laughs> the bench... So then we're good. No, no, no. Like, no, that's, that's it. Like, that, if, that's the point I'm trying
0: to make. No, John no, Terry no, 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 no. John no. Terry can't be the best Premier League defender because even on his best day, he
1: wasn't as good as another person playing in the Premier League. That's not what. I, that's not the conversation though, is it? Yes. We're talking resume. No, I'm not talking resume. I'm talking the best. So we were having two separate convers- conversations the whole time. Clearly, clearly. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> <laughs>
0: because as, as, as I have been on this podcast many a time for, the show me your medals debate is really reductive. Because what Show me your medals... Implies like it completely nullifies the fact that we're playing team sports here. And let's look at John Terry's resume. We can pick three or four of those med- like trophies that could have easily gone the other way. Like one of those league cups was on penalties against Arsenal. One of those league, one of those league trophies came from Job School. I don't just mean
1: trophies, goal. man.
0: One of those that like you 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 used goals and metric of the. No no no, a no 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 no
1: no. Like I'm wait, I'm saying go, okay.
0: when we start this conversation, you said John Terry has more goals than Rio Fernand. I'm sorry, sorry. mate.
1: Call, 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 call. What did I say first? You said, I said trophies. No, no. I said in terms of their defensive um, acuity and positional sense. At least that's what I meant if I didn't say it in exactly those words. I say Terry and Rio Ferdinand are On fairly even. In, yeah, in my yeah. mind. So as a tie break, I would then go to who had more goals, who had more trophies, etc. That's fair.
0: That's fair. This is very heated considering we're a green. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Look,
2: man, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just staying back, eating some popcorn like MJ in Thriller, man. So.
1: I just think if you want to take the breadth of someone's career, I don't necessarily mean trophies. I just mean consistently good play in one league. Whether, whether you win trophies or not, I can't think of a great centre-back who's never won a trophy. Just off the top of my head, maybe someone in here can, like Jamie Carragher, never won a Premier League. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't detract from like the breadth of his Liverpool career when when we try to grade him as far as the best center backs, then once he gets hey, into that upper hey, echelon not, of the Rio Ferdinand's John Terry, it saying. was like who who actually won at the end of the day and maybe that can be used as a tie break. But I'm just not I'm just group talking group. about consistently good play in the same league for an extended period of time.
0: Yeah, right? both Rio Ferdinand and
1: Terry achieved that. Because the b- the breadth of their career was in the Premier League. Now if, if you want to talk about this who's a pure center back Regardless of who's played how long, regardless of anything like that, then yes, Carvalho would usurp them, in my opinion, because I just, I just watched him a lot, and he was probably he's the best centre back that's maybe played for Chelsea, right? But his his career wasn't long enough in the Premier League for me to put him on greatest Premier League centre back what? of all time.
0: His it's six seasons is not long enough for you.
1: I don't think so. One,
0: that's more than one World Cup cycle.
1: I think eight's a good number. Like, Drogba just, he, that it's that drug Drogba cut. Like, Drogba played eight seasons, which I, I think that's a better number than six. But who knows? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> that, if, like, I can, it's, it's, I can it's, accept it's,
0: where it's, you're it's, coming it's, from, but it, it also feels quite arbitrary.
1: I was I was just about to say, it's very arbitrary in my mind. So I, I don't know if you have a good number. Maybe if we use five, and then maybe we can use your argument. I, I, I tend to use things
0: in full, because that's how long a World Cup cycle is. So that's how long... From if you go from World Cup to World Cup, that's when a position or style of football goes in and out of vogue. Entirely arbitrary. Like
1: oh, I, would, I mean away. at least you have a at least you have a reason behind it. Mine was just like I think I like, like the number eight.
0: <laughs> I, I, I I work I work but you know, you know, you said eight because maybe you work from two world cups. Maybe you've un- no un- No, like,
1: it was just I, it was just I like the number eight and I can't ex- I wanted to make drug but make sure he was in there. <laughs>
0: fair enough. Fair enough. But, uh, but
1: yeah, no. Actually, if, if you say four, I say eight. We say six and Carvalho fits. So we just had a yeah, conversation absolutely. for fifteen minutes about nothing.
0: Absolutely nothing. Cool. <laughs> Look, but you know the the, the argument is moot because you know Nemanja is better than both of them. As far as, you know, this is this is my homerism showing, but I think Nemanja is better than both. So there you are.
1: I, I think Paul said Stam. Nemanja
0: is better than both. Yep, Stam was probably better than both. Hmm. Like. Tony Adams was. I, I'm quite glad Tony Adams is at Granada now, so we can look at, So now we can look at. We can, we'll be able to look back at Tony Adams stuff and realize yeah. Tony Adams went from being. Uh, a, like, what was a that
2: training method training, though? Like just, just quickly, what was he doing? I have no idea. Only Tony Adams would, would know, man.
1: <laughs> he was like a big clown. Like I don't know what he was doing. I, I, I think he was trying to remember what he did 20 years ago. But just with like a, I don't know how old he is, probably 50-year-old bones trying to move like he did.
0: <laughs> when the Premier League started, when the Premier League era started, John, uh, Tony Adams was a John Terry-esque style clogger. And he more or less reinvented himself under Wenger's stewardship. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. You, know what? you know what? Maybe he doesn't speak great Spanish. So he was trying to be over with the body language communication. Just kind of like,
0: Teason. that's not say, like, I don't want anyone to get the impression that I'm saying John Terry was a bad center back or Rio Fernand was a bad center back. No, no, they're, but that's pretty much they're well both. Said, so. they're both, they're <laughs> both, they're both top 10, possibly top five. But I wouldn't put them in the top <laughs> What
1: the fuck were we talking about then? <laughs> God, I got, I. <laughs> I felt personally assaulted because I felt like you were putting them in like top thirty. Oh, <laughs> I, like, no, I got to feel to make the the sense. <laughs> but you're saying you're saying the best, and
0: when you say the best, I'm. You, you should I, have I, a get I get it. I get about. it. I get it.
1: I get it. Same page now.
0: I just try and make you think. That's all i here for on this podcast. Uh, yes. So I, I wanted to talk about. Two, uh, so West Brom lost against Liverpool yesterday. Well, on Sunday. This podcast will go on Tuesday. Um, West Brom are managed by Tony Pulis. Famously, Tony Pulis at the start of every season goes 40 points. That's all I care about. Once we get 40 points, we'll figure out what happens. 40 points is the mythical amount of points total you need to uh, not get relegated. Um, And what's interesting is after Tony Pulis' teams reach 40 points, they pretty much stop playing. They stop accumulating points after that point. It's just we reach 40. We're fine. What was interesting this season was West Brom looked as if they could properly kick on because they reached 40 points quite quickly. Um, they reached 40 points with 12 games to go, and you thought, oh, this could be – that's the shackles off. Similarly, Stoke um, have had three ninth-place finishes in the league. They're back up to ninth after their 3-0 win against Hull, and they looked – it was a shaky 3-0. Hull – like, it looked like the Hull fans were a lot happier watching that game watching their team go 3 kneel down, because Hull looked as if they had a more coherent style of play, whereas Stoke would just, eh, fine, like, we're not going to get relegated. My point to you boys is, uh, would you rather, do you stick on Twist? If you're West Brom and you're Stoke, if you're a team that is, or even Southampton, if you're a team that is under no threat of relegation, uh, but also under no threat of Europa League, do you stick with your managers in under the guarantee of safety next season? Or do you get rid and try and aim higher? Of course you, you,
2: you stick. 100% you stick. Why would you um, change anything? It's okay. Now we've, we've consolidated build a point for the next season. Um, if you're Stoke or if you're
0: West Brom, you're not really improving. You reach 40 points and you stop playing football. And Stoke's been ninth place three seasons in a row. There's no sign of improvement. You just get to that point and you stop. There's a glass ceiling on top of both of your respective clubs. Would you risk it is the point I'm trying to make. And I
1: suppose... It's every year they have this kind of expectation that, okay, next year is going to be the year to kick on. Next year is going to be the year. And then after that, it's next year, next year again. It, It almost feels like these managers are tasked just with staying up. And then once they exceed the expectations of they won't get relegated, next year will be the year. But then they get the same mandate not to go down again. So it's just a perpetual cycle of mediocrity. So I could see a point where it's, it's almost like, you know what, maybe we should switch this up and get a manager and give him um, a mandate to achieve more or reach for more. But if you're breaking it, if you're an ownership group and staying in the Premier League is a source of millions upon millions of pounds, there doesn't really seem any reason why you would risk it to get rid of Tony Pulis because he's a guaranteed Premier League manager. it's, it's all depends on the person you yeah. have because like, at the end of the day, Stoke
2: don't have the players to come top five or top six.
1: Do they? You know, as in, like... Shaqiri Stoke. or Nadevich?
2: No. To, wait, it... to come sixth? Like, basically, well, Everton... Sixth, six, six,
1: no. Seventh, yeah. You, okay,
2: Okay, seventh is literally the ceiling for what Stoke or West Brom have based on their players. But sixth, that's really Everton territory, you know. And Mm-mm. Everton have far better players than Stoke or West Brom.
1: The top 6 in the premier league is ne- is is not going to change for years
2: yeah it's like, gonna be, like
1: I mean, it's it's, it's going to be chelsea is, it's, it's, it's too good yeah spurs arsenal the two manchesters and liverpool and then there's going to be a gap after everton and you never know who the 8 9 ten's going to be really except stoke apparently
0: so do you keep these managers and tell them to prioritize the cups i bring you the what's the point in supporting stoke right now <laughs>
1: Shakiri's fun to watch. Like, that was goal of the week for me. That was an amazing series. Was... And it, did you, do you remember the, the quote he had? Maybe it was in the Euros after he scored that, they cut the overhead. And he was like, How does it feel to score a goal like that? And he was like, Don't you see me? I do this basically every week. Like every goal looks good. And th- the last three <laughs> goals I've seen, they've looked great. Like, so he might have a point that he doesn't score regular goals. They're all kind of like, What? But you know, he's, he's not he's, the
0: player we thought he'd be when he went to Bayern Munich. But he is a very good footballer, and I'm very happy with his very weird body shape because
1: he's so stocky. Like,
0: yes, <laughs> he, he, I find him very pleasing to watch. Uh, I've joked about this before, but he's a player that I feel get very. I feel as if when he retires, he'll, he'll get quite large, Maradona esque. And I'm really. Happy. Yeah, I'm. I'm really like looking forward to seeing him put on some weight and just be happy. But yeah, it's just something we talk about at the top of the table, and we talk about the bottom of the table, and I wanted to talk about the middle of the table. Mm. Point about Watford. Watford, Watford—they're eighth or ninth in the league, which I find astounding because they've been so poor for such long swathes of the season.
1: But you know, it's—it's. I think they're like seven teams within like thirty, or or, last I checked, I'm sure it's changed after this week. But they were like six or seven teams that had like thirty-six points or something like that. So they just have the better goal difference of these teams, I guess. It's, They're it's all ma- in and around the same amount of points. It's very strange.
0: They've been Maserati's been coasting on his win over Manchester United at the start of the season for a while. Like they, Watford got some big wins. They got a win over United. They got a scalp against Arsenal, and they've been living off that for a bit now. But you know, would any of you care to wager if any of these teams
2: get rid of their manager? I mean, I think you no. Know, West Ham are probably the most likely to sack match. I think for so Stoke, West Brom, and people, I think the chairman with them says, well, Look, man, this has been a fine season. Like, let's build upon what we've done, but we've consolidated West Ham. They had a really good season last season. Maybe they overachieved this season. Village can argue that the whole Dimitri they may have affected morale, but then also moving to the new stadium, new pitch. So, I think Village would be. Unlucky if he was to be sacked, but I think he's definitely the most likely to get sacked. And I think if they they do, that's a bad call for West Ham.
1: Quickly, do you guys think um, that Tottenham switching stadiums? Do do, do they switch stadiums next year, or is it we play at, or or or, or is it we play at Wembley for a season, and then we go?
0: Yeah, it's when they're playing somewhere for a season. They they won't be able to play at White Hart Lane for their home games next
1: season. Right, right. So so I'm saying like. If we see what they did in the Champions League, like they've won every home game at White Hart Lane, or not one, but they, ha- they haven't lost at White Hart Lane, in, at least in the Premier League this season. When they played at Wembley, they were, I don't want to say abject, but they weren't great against, you know, Leverkusen, Monaco, et cetera. Do we think that that could kind of put a... Shit. O- Ozo scored so Arsenal 2-1. Uh, <laughs> could that ruin this projected it Spurs' year next year to win the league kind of thing?
2: Yes, if you speak to many Tottenham fans, they're worried. Okay, look, let's break it down. Let's 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 talk more tactics now. Let's let us let us break down and talk tactics. Playing on a particular pitch means a lot and is a lot more crucial than what people give credit for. Like the whole thing of playing in in your, at your home stadiums, not really about the fans necessarily. It's about the dimensions on the pitch because the brain grows accustomed to a, a certain kind of pitch. So a setting on a kind of pitch, which, which you play in about 20-something times a season, you grow accustomed to it, and there's, affinity, there's an, an affinity that you have for it based on you as a player individually and how your team is set, is set up strategically. Tottenham are perfectly placed to really be effective, the water lane pitch. That's why when you talk for Arsenal, they were very effective at hybrid. when they moved from a hybrid to the Emirates, for if, and they still haven't actually made Emirates a fortress. It still isn't. Because Emirates is, is not the same kind of fortress that Highbury was. So for Tottenham, yes, it's about money, getting more merchandise, blah, blah. I mean, it's just really about making more money. But this will affect them, as Tottenham will not be as good at home when they move stadiums as they have been at Whiteside Lane because of it's a different pitch, a different di- 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 dimension. So I just think it's, it will definitely hamper them. In the short run. In the long run, who knows, but in, in the short run, it will hamper them for sure.
1: Interesting. I just I had the thought, so I thought I'd bring it up. Uh,
2: so
0: I, I shared a video after the Bayern Munich Real Madrid type, which was a fascinating, fascinating League type. If you saw it, and it was a lead up to Sergio Ramos's goal,
2: yeah. What it was, great, speed, great, video, great. Speed, yeah, it was
0: a very good video. Uh, I think I'm, we might share this on a Twitter account. Uh, it was a very good video dissecting how Ramos and Asenso. Communicate to each other that there was available space from a free kick to score. So if we look at Real Madrid, Real Madrid score from more set pieces than most of the European top sides. They take more shots on goal than nearly every top European side as well. Um, Real Madrid don't have a particularly sophisticated attacking style in the same way Manchester City or Liverpool or Spurs do. Real Madrid's trick is we're going to play... 2001-style Premier League football, but we're going to do it with some of the best players in the world. So it is very well-trained, very highly drilled. You can afford to just take set-pieces and score from set-pieces when your set-pieces are being whipped in by Tony Cruz. And I think a lower-discount-rate version of this is being practiced by Manchester United. Like Mourinho very famously doesn't teach, doesn't instruct players what to do in the final third, and more or less just goes, you're very smart and I'll let you do it. Whereas if you read read reports as to what Pep does with Manchester City. So uh, there was a recent report in the Garden as to what Pep did with Raheem Sterling, where he got so annoyed with Raheem Sterling that he took some paint and painted a dot on the training pitch and told Raheem Sterling, whenever you are unsure as to what to do, stand on that dot. Because Pep Guardiola was so annoyed at Raheem drifting inside. I think this is a really interesting way about how top teams are looking to manage their attacking.
1: Did you hear the story <laughs> that, um, that, that Pep had, um, that Thierry Henry told? No. That they were playing a game, for Bar- it was a Barcelona game, and Thierry Henry was supposed to be on the right wing, I think. And he thought in his head, you know what, there's more space on the left, so I'm going to go to the left. He goes to the left and scores a goal before halftime. And in, in halftime, he thought Pep was going to congratulate him that he scored a goal, and he substituted him in 45 minutes because he broke the protocol in an attacking <laughs> sense by switching flanks. So, yeah, just to your Pep point about putting Sterling on the spot, he's very particular about where strikers should be and how to move in the attacking third of the pitch, which I thought was a cool story.
0: To, to bring this point back to the Champions League, I think this is going to be the next big... Actually, to link two of the points we've just had, to bring in have Hope's point about familiarity on uh, playing on home turf. Diablo's first goal against Barcelona, I don't think he would have been able to score at camp. I think it required such quickness of thought and such expert uh, expert turnaround. He could have only scored that at home. Because mm. if you look at how he takes that ball, he very clearly uses PK as a judge for how much curve he has to put on the ball. He's like, right, PK stood there, I'm stood there. That means I have to hit the ball. I'm this far away from the goal. That means I have to hit the ball with this amount of curve. And he's doing all of this at incredible speeds. I think the juve Barcelona tie is gonna be Diablo's great coming out player. This is gonna be a, the next generation of attacking talent. And also, this, I think this is you know these these next quarterfinal Champions League draws, which are all superb by the way, are really gonna be tests in how and what really works in terms of teams and how they attack. So you've got Bayern Munich's slightly chaotic version of Pep's attack, which has now been tweaked by Ancelotti, versus Real Madrid's 2001-era set-piece Tony Cruz, Cristiano Ronaldo. You've got Leicester City with their very, very counter-attacking style football against Atletico Madrid. We will just wait and wait and wait and wait and hit you on the break so quickly. Style football, you've got Juventus who basically, I think the thing that really shocked me about Juventus Barcelona was how uh, Allegri turned Manzukic into a wide forward.
2: Yeah, I did not see that coming. Mar- but he's been very effective. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's oh, been playing out there for the past. It makes no sense. It's four or five, five no Champions
1: League games.
0: He won. He won the corner that led to the first, go- the second goal, I believe, which he, frankly, had no right to. I think. I no, think no, Juve yeah, the home. third goal even, yeah. but uh, yeah. Champions League
1: picks, lay them on me. Oh, 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 quickly, I was going to ask, um, because the NBA playoffs are on, and I always have to bring up a basketball reference in the podcast. It's my new thing. Um, basketball is a defined sport in terms of court length. Uh, basically, 94 feet the the length and 52 feet or 54 feet the width. How do you guys feel about football pitches it being a different size depending on the park you go to. Do you guys like that feature where it gives home grounds a kind of unique quality? Because people always oh, yeah. talk about how, how big the Old Trafford pitch is compared to other ones, or how big the New Camp pitch no, is. To no, other no. Ones. I think basically
2: why the New Camp is so specific because the size of that pitch is built primarily for Barcelona. It's it's adds to the whole thing of playing away from home and also adding to the advantage of playing at home because Barcelona know that they have a uniquely sized pitch that is built for how they play, i.e. spreading the the play and using the the, the space. And because most teams in the world don't have a pitch like the new, new camp, they struggle. Same thing with Juventus' stadium. The dimensions of that pitch is very different. More specifically, hybrid, one of the smallest pitches in in Europe. But it was built specifically suited to how Arsenal played. And Arsenal grew suited to um, how small it was. I think, no, definitely that's, Because, again, I like the home advantage, away advantages, which is why I love the whole thing of away goals. Because it is, first of all, hard to travel and play at the place. And also because it's a whole different pitch. I think you should really be be given proper remuneration for actually scoring in a away goal based on how hard it is to play in a pitch you're not used to. Well, he said,
1: God, I was testing the two-second rule we talked about. earlier. I was like, you know what? i want to try this. <laughs> and it felt like a second too long. Um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Because like, if someone was like, you know, the Golden State Warriors are going to play on a, a bigger court so they can move around and do screens and all kinds of nonsense. I don't know how I feel about that. But football is just a different game. I guess it's more fluid than basketball. Anyway, uh, Champions League matches. Um, Leicester City Atletico Madrid. Uh, Atletico,
2: no. no, it's just not happening. Like Leicester, <laughs> no, it's not happening. <laughs> like, like, no, it's like no.
1: All I need is what you two know. What goals? I think you know.
2: What I, I, I think I, I say one one. I say one one.
1: one, one, one at Atletico
2: go go through or yeah. or one one on aggregate. No, no, no. What I'm one one on the nights, two okay. one on aggregates.
0: Yeah, that's not ridiculous. I take that.
1: I can see Leicester losing in extra time. So, like, they score one. It's 1-1. They go into extra time. And, so, uh, they'll,
2: actually, they'll take them to extra time?
1: Yeah. The movie, it'll be better. Um, Real Madrid's Bayern Munich. Um, is it, I think uh, Madrid have a big advantage here. Um, do you guys, do we think Bayern can overturn this?
2: Nah. I'm saying, I'll, again, for me, I think, again, 1-1.
1: There's going to be more than two goals. It was a
2: really
0: interesting first tie that Bayern threw away.
1: And all the Dow had to do was make that penalty before halftime. And it's a completely different story in the next half. I think. I think.
0: Ancelotti might be pushed out. I, I, I can't see Ancelotti surviving more than one season.
1: Nah, They're the going to
0: give a It's, not, give it's not been a good Bayern Munich season. Yeah, they're top of the Bundesliga, but so what? And they're top. More, they're top more based on essentially the fact they've got the best players rather than anything the manager's doing. Um, also, Thomas Muller looks very, very disorientated. He's crap. Which he's, just
2: say it's he's he's been crap.
1: Is Lewandowski going to be back on this topic? Yeah, well, he, he said he
2: will be, but again, you know, like basically that is what screwed them. He, Lewandowski being injured just before the the game screwed them because like Muller, first of all, Muller is not a striker. And as well, actually, let me actually there's something I need to say. So first of all, Molo is not a striker, and he was he's not really been in form, and he's not been playing well. But this goes back to uh, a gripe I have. How do you go into a season without having a bare minimum of three strikers? You should never go into a football season having only one recognised striker in your squad. That's madness. And it, and it goes to where <laughs> the, biggest, the biggest football has changed. Where like it's now a midfield based game now. Back in the day, you go into a season with at least three strikers because you're playing two strikers. It's more four, four, two, four, three, three. But now everyone is like four, two, three, one, four, five, one, four, three, two, one. So people are just saying, let's just have one full on striker and that's it. At most, maybe two, but they'll just take one. And you can't roll like that. You just can't can't, can't roll like that, you know? And I think that is also Chelsea's psychology. just to briefly go back to Chelsea, that Conte in his mind is like Costa is a striker, it's Costa or Boss. Costa, he's a man. He's a targets man. Everyone else, who cares? If Costa is not fit, maybe we'll do a four-cent. But yes, I'm just assuming that Costa will be fit for the full season. Without saying, wait a minute. If Costa isn't working in this game, let
1: me play two two strikers. Let me let me play three. That just doesn't happen anymore. Do you know? Is it a case that strikers? And I was thinking about this for Chelsea to a certain extent. Is it a case that? if if you want to sign for Bayern Munich and you're a striker, you clearly understand that Lewandowski is the number one and the only thing that can stop me or get me a game is a suspension or injury. So do mm. I want to risk a season on the bench when I know that Lewandowski, who is, I guess in my opinion, the best number nine in the world, then he's going to be the first choice. So why would I go there?
0: This is a good point. Why would you go when you're only probably going to get eight games
1: a season? Or like stupid substitute appearances, just a waste time. Mm. You know? Yeah. And like And, it, it was, and I was thinking about this because how many strikers have gone to Chelsea and just died? Sturridge, Lukaku, Demba Ba, Fernando Torres, the youth talents like Patrick Bamford and Dominic Solanke. And I was like, is Bashawai going to be the next on this list? Because, yep. Chelsea, because sec- Chelsea have... Being awesome. a
0: second-choice striker is very hard.
1: Yeah, because Chelsea have... Chelsea are a top club, and for the past... I guess since 2005, so 12 years. Didier Drogba is first choice, and Nicolas Anelka could play with him to a certain extent. And Diego Costa, that's the lineage. It's going to be very hard to get over on one of those two. And then then if you go to Bayern Munich, Lewandowski, there's no way you can get around that. I guess with the wages they can pay, maybe there's not really an excuse. Like you should find somebody good enough that'll just sit around and pick up 120,000 euros a week. Now
0: here is the question.
1: Who is good enough
0: to be happy with playing eight, 10 games a season? So so you're either... So right, the players are either too young. So what you've got is like, if you look at the major clubs that have their second strikers, the second strikers are either young so, ininacho is young, Rashford's young, Bashoi's young, or old. So, Chelsea, for a while, had Costa, and they had, uh, what's he, like Remy, mm. as the backup. Or not good enough, which is a myriad of things. Uh, also, you've got to bear in mind, strikers are a very unique breed. It's a position that relies on long-term minutes. It's It's very hard to be a striker who only gets 15 minutes a game. This is why super subs are spoken of freely. I think a really good example when this last happened was Eden Dzeko. Dzeko was like, look, why am I playing behind Aguero every single week? I I am very good. I get 11, 13 goals a season playing off the bench and and I deserve to be starting based on the goals I get per minute. Whereas Manchester City was going, actually, you're better coming off the bench than starting the whole game. So if you like, we can pay you a lot of money to sit on the bench. And he said, no, I'd much rather go off the Roma.
1: I was thinking, like, who's a striker that I feel could play behind Lewandowski? And I was like, Jackson Martinez popped in my head. And I was like, there's no way a striker of his quality would either sit behind Lewandowski and get, like, five minutes a game. Or if he really wants money, he'll do what he did. And if you're good enough, just go to China (laughs) and pick up, like, 300,000 pounds (laughs) a week. Like, it's either one of the – like, you play no minutes or you go to Bayern Munich for money. But there are other places that can pay you more money. So why would I do that under any circumstance when you, when they up my wages by like thousand times? So yeah, it's just a weird conundrum that top clubs have, I suppose. When, when you know that you can't do anything to get rid of this guy, unless he just gets injured.
0: This is why you have to do what the Manchester clubs are doing, which is grown. You you have to grow. Yeah. You have to have, you're going to, you have to have your 19, 20 year old second striker and be like, look, lad, this is your thing. I mean, well, I think a particularly interesting story was what's going on at Spurs. Like Yansen is never going to disclose Kane. Yeah, right. Oh God, in heaven. Like Jansen, So
2: Jansen's problem is Jansen, he can't
1: score. That's his problem.
2: <laughs> the problem is like he's flipping garbage, man. Let's let just be. Clear. Jansen, no, let me let me let me speak. Jansen Jansen's bought,
0: major
1: problem is
0: Yansen oh, uh... was bought under the idea of being a Plan B for Tom Oxford, right? So if Kane is injured we can play a different style with Jansen up top. And the problem is Jansen, the way Jansen plays is not only not very, it's not only, you know, whatever compared to Kane, but it's also a very different style. So, like, whereas Kane can run the channels and can create something out of nothing, Jansen's very much a a six yard, more of a poacher in the box. And it's not like, it's, it's very hard for Jansen to be like, right, no matter what I'm going to do, I'm never going to dislodge Harry Kane if I'm good. Also, the style of football I like to play is different from all the guys behind me. So like, I'm never going to be as, on the same level with Debbie Alley as Harry Kane is. So mm-hmm. Jansen can't really complain about the minutes he's getting for Tom Hotspur because there's very clear ceiling. You could imagine Jansen went in and Pochettino went, look, you're going to play 20 games a season. And no matter how many goals you score, you're not going to go, go up ahead of Harry Kane. And Jansen being 22 is like, yeah, all right, fine. Whereas you can't make that to a Jackson Martinez. You can't make that to an Edin Dzeko. You can't make that to a... I mean, if we just, if you look at the way uh, Brendan Rodgers described buying Balotelli, Brendan Rodgers went, I had 20 million. I needed another striker. And Daniel Sturridge was my top striker. And I needed someone. And I, a week before deadline day, the only striker I could get was Balotelli. So I went for him.
1: Uh, no, so are we gonna talk Ross Buckley first? Just just yeah. um,
0: Calvin, Calvin McKenzie is a very, very despicable human being and he deserves everything
2: that's coming to him. Yeah, wasn't he the same guy involved in the whole Hillsborough thing where they defended the police? That's what I had. Yep.
1: Carl, Carl, just basically give the people the same education you gave me.
0: Right, okay. Uh so for listeners that may be unaware as to who Kelvin Mackenzie is or what's just happened in the last week, um, Kelvin Mackenzie is a Sun columnist and a former Sun editor. So Kelvin McKenzie is a very prominent British journalist. He edited the Sun newspaper, which is one of the most read newspapers in the United Kingdom. He edited it through the 80s and 90s during its heyday, its pomp, as it were. And he got suspended last week because he wrote a story about Russ Barkley Ross Barkley got punched in a nightclub last week Um, and in Tom McKenzie's column, he compared Ross Barkley to a gorilla. Um, This raised some eyebrows as Ross Barkley is mixed race. He has a Nigerian grandfather. So some people believe Kevin McKenzie's comics to be racially charged. What was also interesting about this is that McKenzie said it's no wonder Ross Barkley is a target in Liverpool because in Liverpool, the only people that have the same amount of money as Ross Barkley are criminals and drug dealers. Following these comments, Kelvin McKenzie was suspended. Now, that is pretty bad in itself. A columnist writing something, comparing a mixed race player to a gorilla and saying people from a certain city are drug dealers is pretty bad. Uh, it gets an extra layer of gross because Calvin McKenzie is the journalist who wrote the frankly disgusting story in the aftermath of the Hillsborough disaster. Um, so, football fans, 26 years ago, I believe, um, 96 people lost their lives in a, a FA Cup game with, at Hillsborough, which is Sheffield Wednesday's ground. Um, after too many people were allowed into the standing section, it was the greatest tragedy in British sport history. It, um, the easiest way I can describe it is, Twice as many people died in Hillsborough than in any terrorist attack on British soil. And then the police and the government lied about it And with the help of Kelvin McKenzie, who wrote an article for The Sun entitled The Truth, um, sought to pin blame on Liverpool and the city of Liverpool, its football fans and its citizens. And for over 20 years, a sizable portion of the country believe that Liverpool fans killed their own fans at Hillsborough, attacked police who were trying to help these fans, urinated on their dead bodies, and tried to rob the dead. This is all untrue. This, This came out very recently, far too recently in British memory. So the short story you have to understand is, a noted journalist who has history with writing very bad things about Liverpool, wrote an article last week saying, uh, a football player who lives in it. Liverpool looks like a gorilla. And that player, it was mixed race. I may have seemed quite impartial about what I've said recently, but Kevin McKenzie, as a journalist, I'm not even as a journalist, gen- as a human being, he's a very, I
2: don't like him. Really don't like him. I think he's a very... He's, a, he's, a, he's a, prick <laughs> a prick and he is racist. Like, he is. Like, Daniel, just look up an image of him and he's one of those guys where you can...
1: Give me him a minute. As Give me a
2: minute. Gets an extra layer of
0: gross when you consider... That Kelvin McKenzie wrote this column attacking Russ Barkley this weekend,
2: which is the anniversary of the Hillsborough disaster. Yes, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's of, of all time, of all the times riots. I mean, it's look, it's this, Yeah. So the Sun, the Sun, and he looks like the, a particular piece of sh- like. No, no, no. Look, the, the yeah. Sun, like basically, Danny, I mean, I I you need to understand that he's I think like forty in, years old too, know, like. like the the Sun is a piece of crap. It's rag. It's a rag newspaper. It is the most decrepit piece of newspaper you can buy they literally build themselves off being pro- provocative and rude and not, not even being edgy they, they they cross the edge
1: and it's like a villain from a disney channel movie Yeah,
2: but also think about the sun the sun it is somehow it shows how sick we are as a society maybe because the sun is the most popular newspaper in england i mean would i be right in saying that carl
0: it's it's one of mo- it's uh, it's either the most read or one of is, the most read. Is this the newspaper
1: <laughs> with the uh, with the with the naked ladies on the third page? Yes,
0: yes. page it's three. On page three. Now, uh, the Sun is one of the highest-selling newspapers in the United Kingdom. Famously, it sells next to nothing in Liverpool. Liverpool has a very strong "Don't buy the Sun, block out the Sun." So, the Sun has a reading age of four years old. The is of design, <laughs> that a four-year-old can pick it up and understand what's going on in it. A lot of the news that's reported is not particularly too taxing mm. or stressful. And in part because it's written in a certain style that is um, simplistic, shall we say?
1: So it's like the everyman kind of thing. Yes. Okay. Yes.
0: They, they, they work on that sort of... That's really the bedrock of the sales I, th- I think I think I'm like. Feel free to correct me, listeners. But this is what I'm trying to. It's quite hard to explain the sun to American listeners or international listeners because um, your news is strangely not as partisan as our news is, and yet it is. It's very interesting. But yeah, that's essentially what's happened. Uh, a journalist who has noted history writing offensive things to one very specific city has done again. And has now been suspended for it, and as a result, Liverpool. As a result, Everton has banned the Sun from its premises. So already, Liverpool doesn't let the selling of the Sun around the grounds, and Sun journalists are very often dissuaded from going to press conferences. And now it appears Everton is has is going to take a similar step, Um, and uh, it is causing an interesting conversation in British press because essentially there are an old school a boys club of reporters who are, who are seeing the suspension as the uh, the beginning of the end for their ilk, as it were. There's there's a, there's like a degree of journalists being like, if Mackenzie's going to be suspended for this, this could be the end for us. You know, this is perhaps the most serious I've ever seen the British press take an accusation of racism. And it's happened not because it was a very pointed accusation of racism towards a bad player, but because it was a person who has history of Liverpool making an attack on Liverpool, which I think is, is an interesting point of discussion.
1: So, so the outrage isn't necessarily at the racism.
0: The outrage is more at that this journalist. Would, it's more Kelvin. Kelvin McKenzie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like it's, it's,
1: it's, it's, it's like uh, the racism is kind of secondary. As- yes.
0: The racism is bad. The reason why he did it is very obvious and perhaps more disgusting.
1: Double H, you got anything on this? Other than it's a rag and a piece of.
0: <laughs> don't buy the I just. Don't buy the sun. No, don't buy the sun. Don't I share just- the sun. Don't read the sun. If you see. How report, much does this thing
1: cost? Like a pound? 20p. Like- 20- 20.
2: Oh, it has-, has it gone up now?
0: Oh, I thought it was it's like p It's like 30p. Don't buy the sun.
2: Don't read the sun. Don't work for the sun. you like, I-, I mean, like. Uh-huh. Since, since you-, you two guys are writers, very intelligent writers, like literally. If you were to read The Sun, you would actually lose about 50 of your brain cells. Like, literally, it is, like, primitive. Like, every time I, like, because you know how they say, okay, don't judge people. But if I'm I'm on the train or I'm just walking down the street and I see somebody reading The Sun newspaper, I'm sorry, I judge you. You know, <laughs> like, I'll judge you. Like, because I'm thinking that no matter how smart or intelligent or, intelligent or nice you may be, if you're sitting and really reading the story, you're actually really reading through the articles, I'm, I'm going to judge you as a person, as in we probably won't get along on a deep level. I like it because I love people of the old guard, the old racist guard, getting their common points, i.e. it's time for these guys to really be exposed because a lot of these people of an older generation think they can just get away with, with everything. But now with Twitter and how, like, in the highly sensitive world that we're living in, it's good and bad, the, obviously, the, the, the bad is you can't say anything because you offend everyone. But the good thing about it is that, like clowns, like Kelvin McKenzie M- M- is like, no, nah, sorry man, your time is gone. You're on, you're an old man, and you're 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 a waste. So get the hell out. It's 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 time for a newer, younger gen- gen- generation to take fourth. You know, so that whole old thing, man. Nah, man, you're a
1: dinosaur. Questions. I don't want to keep you guys up too late. This is from Football Register um, on Twitter. Uh, you guys remember you can get your questions in the show every week um, the, There's a tweet that goes out on Mondays. You ask, we answer. What are your thoughts on an all star game in football like the nBA if If you go to a an nBA game, you have basically two fans from from different teams can sit next to each other all all in the stadium and yeah. an all star game is kind of the culmination of that where teams from all 30 teams in the NBA come to one city, go in the same stadium, and just watch the game. Football seems like a more tribalistic endeavor in Europe, whereas like do Chelsea fans and Arsenal fans and Spurs fans really want to sit in the same stadium, jumbled up with each other, watching their teams play amongst each other? I don't know if they necessarily want to do that, just because it's, it's just a different mindset in the way that sports works. So it would be an interesting concept. I'd like to see it. But I don't know if it's a feasible thing. All
0: right. Tell you what, listener. uh, So what we'll do is we'll do a North versus South All-Star game, and you send in your 11s, and we'll compare, contrast, and think who wins.
1: All right. Talking point for next Talking Tactics. Regarding Messi, can you be the greatest club player of all time if you've only played for the one club?
2: Absolutely, Yes. Yes, you can. Yes. You know, I still think he's the best club player of all time. And yes, you can still be the best at playing for one
1: club. I think that's an interesting thought in that, but isn't it more credible? So someone like Ibrahimović, who's played in Holland, Italy, Spain, France, and now England, doesn't that put him on a different level?
0: Now, this is very interesting because we've just had a very long conversation where you said Carvalho where you tried to make the point that Carvalho's input to the Premier League was somehow lessened because he was only here for six years. Yeah. Whereas now you've just said, isn't it, doesn't it give you more merit if you've done it in various territories? Like, Francesco Totti has played for 25 seasons for Roma, come rain or shine, in thick and thin. He's only really won one trophy. He's only really had, like, two or three good title wins. And he's had to change roles, positions, uh, his like, his role within the club um, and gone with the tides of like what's fashionable in and out of Italian football as Italian football went up and down. Like is that that is it, that comes with its own unique challenges compared to Zatlan. Zatlan's challenge is basically I'm going to one of the top three teams in this country, and even if I have an off day, there's a very good chance we're going to win anyway. So
1: I don't think it should be a demerit that you've only no, played for no, one it's, club.
0: It's not a demerit. It's not right. a demerit. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, I'm saying you face different challenges. Alan Shearer's career scoring all those goals for Newcastle is no easier or no harder than Nicholas Anaka, for example. Like, they they are both very, very good Premier League strikers.
1: You don't mean, like, was he playing in Mumbai? You don't think uh, he should deserve some credit for playing in the Indian Premier League or whatever it's called?
0: Unless, (laughs) yeah. Well, look, Alan Shearer scored 260... I love India. Alan Shearer scored two hundred and sixty Premier League goals. Nicholas Anelka scored hundred and something for Arsenal, for Chelsea, for Bolton, and oh my goodness.
1: Manchester City. Yes, um, Liverpool <laughs> as well. You also played
0: for
2: Liverpool. Liverpool. I'm, I'm, you know, just talking, I'm just talking Premier League. I'm just City. talking Premier League. Oh, okay, 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 okay. He's literally the
1: true mercenary, you know. <laughs> I love Nicholas Anelka man. King and so that,
0: and, and, and you know, Anoka's one of the highest ever player, one of the most expensive players ever. in If you like do accumulated transfer fees. oh, yeah, yeah, because he goes with well, before we started playing in silly money and inflation, he was one of the most expensive all time. If you just add everything up, now I think it's Zatlan, bale Cristiano. Uh, it,
1: it's, it's a case where like David Louise is like the most expensive defender ever if you add up his transfer fees.
0: Yeah, and then, like, it's... not with, And Jameis Rodriguez is up there as well because he's had two big ones.
1: So, um, can you yeah. be the greatest club player of all time if you've only played for one club? Yes.
0: Yes, yes. you can. Yes, you can. Absolutely, yes. Absolutely.
1: And, and in Messi's case, for sure. Yeah. Um, Messi. Kind
0: of, oh, go ahead. Messi, Totty, Gerrard,
1: Giggs. John Terry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's 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 not go back there. Um, at packed from At Pack Mouse, does Conte deserve to be sacked if Chelsea bottle the league and FA Cup? <laughs> no,
0: no,
2: that's way too far. No, and Chelsea won't bottle it, so it's fine.
1: No, wait, I mean,
2: sorry. Why is this a question? Chelsea are winning the, the league. Yeah, <laughs> like if City were four points behind Chelsea, then we have a title race. Tottenham are perennial bottlers. They don't have the character. They don't have the balls. When the pressure mounts, they will choke. Simple as that. There you have it.
1: Which was worse, Cahill helping Lingard up while the game was still going on or Terry and Cahill marking each other versus PSG?
2: Terry, Terry and
1: Cahill. <laughs> Terry and Cahill, 100%.
2: That's That's one of the most <laughs> amazing things I've ever seen in my life, man.
1: I, I, was, it, was it Silva who scored that one or was it Louise who got that header? They, they, he they, they both scored from corners, I, I, if I remember correctly. That was embarrassing. And we got knocked out when they had 10 men because Ibrahimovic got a red card. That was a bad day in my life. <laughs> what the are you guys doing? Cahill helping up Lingard, though. It's a particular well, brand of stupid. Apparently. I, I, have... I know his excuse. He wanted to make it seem like he didn't want to give away a penalty. So he was trying to help him up in that way where, no, look, I'm still a good sportsman, and it wasn't that big of a deal. But the ball's still in play, Gary. God. And then they score a goal. Like Maybe he stays up and and shouts to Kurt Zuma to get out there quicker. Maybe he doesn't deflect it in, and the game stays at 1-0. His his head wasn't in the game, although I've seen some people on Twitter try to spin it, that his head was 100% in the game because he was trying not to get a penalty. Nonsense. (laughs) <laughs> um, how can have hope call himself a Mourinho fanboy when he abandoned him when things got tough?
2: Um, I've already apologized, um, um for doubting my so you are a Mourinho fan, a- and
0: of course, I- he is. <laughs> I mean, you call him the goat, so I don't know
1: about you, and above Sir yeah, Alex. You
2: think he's above that? I I, I, yeah. I, I I fully stick oh. by it. So I fully stick by it. Oh, and as a counterpoint, right? What? You said Sir Alex win the Champions League
0: with Porto. No, but he won the European Cup Winners' Cup with Aberdeen. Like
2: that's really, really, really. Uh, okay, right, okay. Think- let's okay, let's reiterate. Champions League that is the elite competition. I believe. Um, <laughs> did Mourinho win the um, Copen- Sorry, the UEFA Cup with FC Porto the season before? I won it with. Um, yeah, he won the UEFA Cup with FC Porto, beating Celtic in the final. Then he won the Champions League with FC Porto. Trouble with Inter Milan, won the real won the La Liga by record no no number of points. Real Madrid have are still not won the La Liga since Mourinho took over ever Premier League League title. He ran Pep Guardiola out of town in the Spanish <laughs> La Liga. So guys, I'm sorry, he's the GOAT. Just, just admit it. I mean, let's just let's just. Sometimes Do you just know what? This is this
1: is going back, back to the back. same thing. This is almost going back to the same thing where Sir Alex did it for a long period of time in one place and proved himself over and over where well, Rorino has bounced around Europe winning competitions in several different places. It feels like the theme of our show in some weird way. Um, the theme
0: of our show is how folk brings up medals and I'm trying to make him like, no, that's not just medals. Football is more complicated. And he
2: keeps going, what? This is <laughs> crap. crap. That- and then, yeah, yeah that's uh, the whole point. Just, just admit more. Mourinho is amazing and then I will forgive you for, for your slander. He's, a, he's good. He's good. He might just be great. I'll forgive all slander. You just admit that he's the GOAT. It's simple. Just admit it. Nowhere near the GOAT.
1: <sighs> he's come near on, the GOAT. Uh, he isn't the GOAT, but he's near the GOAT. Oh, come on, He's, man. he's the
2: GOAT. No, guys, he's the GOAT. He's, he's
1: got to be near it. If he isn't... Nah,
0: look, look, as, as, as the person... Look, he's in charge of my club. And look, I would love him to be the GOAT. I would love to stand here with the utmost conviction and be like, yeah, this guy's the guy. This guy's going to be the guy who's going to lead United to the next dynasty or whatever. I am telling you, right
1: now. If he retired right now, he would be the top three managers ever. Club three. Top three. Club Club managers. Top three. Yes. Name. Name. Names. Sir Alex, Jose Mourinho, and who's the third person? Wow, man. like.
0: Like, Kroif? Kroif doesn't, 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 doesn't get up
1: there? Kroif
0: doesn't
2: get up there? Sachi doesn't get up there? Sachi doesn't get up there? Like, Sachi Sachi is not in the same realm as Mourinho, no. What? Maybe you can talk about Beckenbauer, a World Cup winner and a European Cup winner. Maybe you can talk about him. But, Sachi as yes. someone about
1: what, from Bill Shankly. We're talking about Jose Mourinho. Oh, God, have God, some, God. Respect. You're some talking, you're, respect. You're talking to quite possibly the craziest... Mourinho fan on the internet and have hope and a Chelsea fan who loves Mourinho still. So we're not going to get anywhere with this. Wow. Um, Wow. Did we see Kante's limitation, i.e. lack of creativity? Question two, do Chelsea need someone who can create and is able to defend like a Thiago Alcantara, I'm assuming?
2: He had to start with Fabregas and Kante. Having Kante and Matic was a bad call midfield-wise, because Chelsea lacked a creative midfielder. Kant is not a creative midfielder. He's just a pure central midfielder. He's not a creator. Fabregas is a creator. He's a guy that can give you through both Naturally, he's from midfield with his amazing pass, um, passing ability. And that's what Chelsea were missing. Um, but, it's just, but at the same time, you won't play amazing for the whole season. You will have dips in in, in, in form. And I don't know what Tottenham was smoking. Maybe Tottenham are on drugs, are using performance enhancers. They've really been on a freaking booster. They've not really had a kind of, the kind of dip that Chelsea have had. But going beyond there, the biggest issue for Chelsea, the biggest issue was how garbage Diego Costa was. Because near the penalty area. But this guy couldn't hold up the ball. This guy couldn't make a forward pass. This guy couldn't roll past his man. This guy got dispossessed. The issue was your main striker, your uh, man who's furthest up in attack was Flipping garbage.
1: So, Did we see his limitation? No, I don't think Chelsea would necessarily overrun in midfield. Chelsea were poor, but Nets,
0: I think you're making mountains our moguls. And the same thing happened when Spurs beat Chelsea as well. Like just because Chelsea have lost the game, let's not think this is the end of the world. Like, Chelsea are going to be very good
1: this people season. People are so ready to see Kante's be- downfall, though. Like, yeah. I remember the, the Spain-France friendly. Oh, you see what Busquets did, Kante's a fraud, blah, blah, blah. People are so ready to be first on Kante sucks. It's not I, true, I, I, guys. I, I, like, he's a that, great that is footballer.
2: So because, because people are so quick to, to defend Hazard when he has a bad game. But when Kante has a bad game, they're like, oh, no, no, he's not oh, proven wrong. And I think people get it twisted because people are like, Obviously, obviously Hazard is the better player in a technical, much more flair, flamboyant sense. But football is much more encompassing, and people just think that oh, Kante is just a workhorse. So him winning the PFA is an insult to football because Hazard should easily win it based on what Hazard has done. But that is just a close-minded, thick, stupid way of viewing things. You know what? What? <laughs> what? 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 What?
0: Speak! Daniel, do you know why I'm saying what? I'm saying what because half hope just went people are putting Hazard's game-playing ability over Kante's because Hazard plays in a technical way where but there's more to football than just playing in a certain way and to say that Hazard it deserves something more than Kante is rubbish.
1: No, is,
2: don't try which is Which the complete mirror argument that we had? This is you know, the last time I was on this podcast. Oh, Carl, you're not going to do that. To me, no, Carl. I know. Mother I know of you're God, you're trying to be very tricky. I know you're going to. Mother Ghanaian.
1: of God. Be very no. <laughs>
2: oh, no, God, no. Mother of God, that's some of the worst. I know you're going to end. That's going to work. Sorry, don't. You can't. You, you can't out trick a trickster. Okay. <laughs> we, we, we invented trick, trickery. So sorry. Is anything going to happen?
0: Of course, you. Oh, I can't believe it. You took my position. You took the position I gave you a couple of weeks ago. Sorry, oh, sorry, no, sorry. And you just flipped it and you, 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 it, you said it. everyone else. I'm nah, not
2: you will not bamboozle me. Sorry, you won't bamboozle
0: I'm happy you've seen the light. I'm happy you've seen the light. Look, we've oh, been California. forty two hours because you all were right. late, guys. Yeah, late. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We have four questions left. We'll, yeah, yes Whoa. or no on these next two. Is Manchester United Cristiano Ronaldo a top ten winger of all time? Who cares. <laughs> Okay, I, I suppose. Yeah, I would say yeah. I suppose. I yes. Yeah, I, suppose. Yeah, yes. I guess. Um, do you think that Gareth Bale has justified his price tag since joining Real Madrid?
2: Yes. Uh, no.
1: I would say perhaps. UCL finalists for 2017. Juve,
0: Atlético Madrid.
1: have. Oh, um, oh, Carl, did did you say um that Borussia Dortmund were going to win? Have you? I did. Kind of- but
0: I didn't expect the right, a right wing terrible person to bomb their coach. So there you have it. Whoever uh, did that.
2: I'm going to say. Your proper stop. <laughs> stop now, bad uh, guy. Wait, 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 wait. wait. I'm going to say Real Madrid against the, the winner of Juve Barcelona because I'm not, I'm not sure who's going to win that game. So
1: Juventus what, Bayern Munich. Wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute. You think Bayern are going to beat Real Madrid? I've said Bayern we're going to win the, the competition, so I'm going to stick so with that. Daniel, out.
2: Daniel, come on. So Daniel, the only way that Bayern have a chance is if it's two one to Bayern and it goes to penalties, because Real Madrid are scoring, and I just don't see Bayern beating Real Madrid at the Bernabeu. That's not happening. When have they even lost
1: at the Bernabeu? Nobody Ben-Abea. saw six one either. So I'm going I'm, <laughs> yeah. to keep faith in my pick. Uh, last question: What other Mourinho masterclasses? are your guys' favourite in his career. I will give you... Oh,
2: inter Barcelona 2010. Oh, my God. inter Barcelona 2010 semifinal. Can,
1: Second leg. Can I give you Liverpool 2-0? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Chelsea, Liverpool 2-0. Which, which mirrored this game almost Very to a T, other than, you know, the late goal and Gerrard slipping. We had Jose in the track suit. <laughs> Clear sign that he's up to no good.
0: Something very interesting was Jose, that was the first time Jose was head-to-toe in United Gear.
1: Yes, he, he yes. was
0: head-to-toe in Manchester United Gear. Well, no, no, <laughs> and, no, 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 he, no, 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 no. When he walked I off, think he was of the, the branding. Uh, the yeah, yeah, was brand.
1: about, yeah, 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 I was just I was just like, the, the, the game ends 2-0, and he walks off and points or taps the badge. Yeah. Like he did against uh, Liverpool that like he did there. Um, yeah, it was just... Uh, that was a great game. He started Thomas Callis. He gave him his debut in that game, and he beat Sterlet, Sterling, Sterling, Sturridge, Suarez, Gerrard, Coutinho, just stifled them and ruined their league uh, aspirations. So hopefully he's not doing the same uh, this go around. But that's my favorite. Liverpool 2 That was it. Yeah, that was a good game. D- Double H What was yours? Um,
2: Inter Milan Barcelona twenty ten semi final second leg.
1: Mm, the one where he was trying to point to the crowd and Victor Valdez was stopping him. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> what a game!
1: I love Mourinho. He's, a, he he's is, such a—he is a terrible human being. He is a—he's—he's he's one of the best football characters ever. Oh no no!
2: Oh no no no! Wait wait! Scratch that, Daniel. He is the best football character mm. of all time. Like mm. as a, as a personality, Me- football has never seen a, a guy like 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 this. Me- Nobody. In break who? Brian, Brian Clough. Clough. No. No, 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 <laughs> really. No. No. Impossible. No. Uh, you're I, one of I, a kind.
1: I,
0: I, you're truly one of a kind.
2: Brian <laughs> Clough. You put in Brian... Brian Clough doesn't you. have a, an iota of the charisma that Mourinho has. He doesn't have a, an iota. Oh, mate. That's really... that palpably... Mourinho. Mourinho is unrivaled. Tried Go on YouTube and break. type in
1: Brian Clough and just sit down Absolutely. for like 30 I minutes. Look, and look, and I live
2: in England, man. Through the, I've Trust me, I have known about Brian Clough. I, I went to school in England as well, so guys have talked to me. I've known him about Brian Clough and there have been documentaries, everything. And yeah, he was a definitely very interesting cat and said some very interesting things. Mourinho is unlike anyone that has ever been in football. He is... Unprecedented,
1: <laughs> but <laughs> you know what? But, but, but you know what? Double H, he still lost 4 0 at Stanford Bridge, so
0: <laughs>
2: you mean you? He doesn't support anyone, he supports Nigeria. I support Julius Beja, who are now Bridge FC, and I think are in Division Three in the Nigerian Premier League. Thank you very much. Yes, and that's what I, I just want to ask. Am I the only one that actually appreciates Mourinho? I just said he was top three, he anyway.
0: Might be, uh, he might be top
2: 15. We'll
0: see.
1: Jury's
2: still. Take that back. He's
0: still, he's still paying he might be
2: top, what what did you say, Carl? 15. He said top 15. No, 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 no. Carl take no no carl, take that back right now. Take that back right now. <laughs> no, I'll stand by it. I still have to. No, no, wait, wait wait. No, there's Daniel, don't proof. end this point. There is before still no right proof now. that he's better than Del Bosque. Carl, take that back right there's now. Don't take that back. There's still <laughs> no proof he's better than Del Bosque. Carl, take that back. Right? No, no, that's that's, disrespectful. that's that's that's. Carl, that is very
0: disrespectful. there's still no like. So we're sometimes, <laughs> sometimes sometimes serious,
2: sometimes football. No, name no, name? no, no, no. That's very that's very disrespectful. Carl, take that back. Why? Why do you care if I disrespecting you? No, no, no. But no, you you can't. What do I care about disrespecting? No, you know, sorry, Carl. What did you add to your life? This has to have standards.
1: This yeah. has to have standards. You
2: cannot say that on a football podcast. Take <laughs> that. <laughs> I, just I just did. I just did. I said
0: it on my chest. I said it on my chest. With my yeah, chest. It and so, you can't say no, 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 that's no messed
2: up. Me. Oh. the no Carl, That's is very messed not. up. Very not the mosque. I am sickened by that. Disgusting statement. Disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. Good.
0: I'm disgusted by you every week.
2: Disgusting statement. Every week. Extremely rude. No respect whatsoever. No respect.
0: Sick. He's my manager, I can say. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> We've been in sick for a very long time.
2: I said, I said, I said, sick. S I C K. I know, and I was making a pun.
0: Anyway, this is a Talking Tactics podcast. We do this every Tuesday. Make sure you follow us all on uh, SoundCloud. Leave us iTunes review. Uh, we are Talking Tactics on Facebook. We are at Talking Tactics on Twitter. Uh, I am Anchorman Six One Six on Twitter. It's at Daniel To Look, and we're not going to bring up that guy's app because he's different. So, um. Make sure you tune in next week. We do this every Tuesday. We like to be fun, We like to get lights. Uh, any final notes,
2: boys?
1: No, I'm good. I'm good. Cool. I just, so, I, I, just, I just let you guys defuse that by yourself. I feel like a proud parent. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm just fine. I'm just
2: <laughs> I can't like to my back. Sometimes funny.
1: Sometimes serious.
2: But always football.
1: Podcast Network.